I think the main thing is that the home office, the Zoom office, is really a thing. It's here. Whether it's part of a room or a whole room, it needs to be considered probably in every renovation. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, hello, it's Bernadette back with another episode of She Renovates. Now, today we're going to be talking about the hobo and I don't mean the scruffy old fellow on the corner of the street. I am talking about the home office and broadcasting office. And I've brought a guest in today. Firstly, he's a School of Renovating student. He is also a marketing and branding expert, and he is about to embark on his first renovation since he completed our boot camp. He would have to be one of my most favourite people, and he's been guiding me on my home office setup. I have mentioned a few times that I have claimed one of our bedrooms to set up for broadcasting mainly podcasts but also video. And so James has been keeping me on the straight and narrow, basically making sure that the setup is appropriate. We've had numerous conversations about this shift in society in general to working from home. And so we decided to put together an episode. So part of it's really unpacking the things that you need to consider when setting up home office. James refers to Bernard Salt, who has some quite strong opinions about where we're going in how we lay out our homes these days in order to accommodate the post-COVID life. That is actually really interesting. We'll share some of that. We're also going to be talking about some of the opportunities for renovators post-COVID. Now, I'm sorry to report that somehow we lost the last few minutes of this interview, so I got chopped off very abruptly, but we're soldiering on regardless, and I think that there's a lot of value to be got from it. So enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to She Renovates. Today, I have a special guest. I have James Bergen, who is a student in the School of Renovating, and he is currently planning out a renovation of his own. But more importantly, he is a master branding and marketing expert. And so James has been my advisor for setting up my new hobo, which you'll find all about shortly. And so welcome, James. Thank you, Bernadette. Great to be here. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about the home office and some trends around how Australians are living post-COVID. This is really relevant for you as a renovator because you need to be planning your renovations to really make life easier and to attract your ideal market. And as working from home has become 
much more of a thing, James is going to help me delve into that topic. Unpack it all. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. yeah. So well, welcome. Thank you very much. We've all been through this whole pandemic and lockdown and all that sort of stuff, as of course I have, and I've made a specialty of my working from home and during the time I've got an extra computer screen on my desk and I've got one of those desks that goes up and down so I have a little kind of nest yeah, which is a very cute corner of my living room because I like the sort of proximity to the rest of the home life now for different people with different situations some people have got families some people have got multiple people working nevertheless the workspace in the home is become more and more important. Absolutely, yeah. That certainly relates to me. So I did have an office and I had been working from home for so long I thought it's ridiculous keeping the office, so I let that go. And because Stephen had come home, he joined me in my office, which is quite big and able to accommodate two, but two people on phones does not work. And so He's running a major redevelopment of a hospital from our top floor. And so, of course, I decided to bail out to the kitchen table. That's okay for a while, but it loses its shine after a little while because you're needing to, like I was mentioning, I'd do a Zoom call and then realise that I had half a bottle of red wine over on the bench that I hadn't moved away. So didn't look all that professional. So but there's, there's also a practicality of like a laptop only, you know, in general, unless you had a pile of laptop on a whole pile of books to have the camera at eye level, which is important and we should talk about that. Absolutely. You know, then you tend to be crouching down over the camera and and your audience gets a great view of your chin, or in my case my double chin oh, or whatever. Yeah. You haven't got that on your own. Try to think about these things from our audience point of view. And then, of course, like you've got the magnificent setup here. I don't know if you, I know it's fairly new for you, but in general, the, the, the stats show us that sometimes 50% more productive when we've got a second monitor. And having that set up, we can have your emails in one place and your working documents in another. It just tends to make for an easier functionality of workspace. Then, of course, you mentioned the word hobo, mm -hmm. and that comes from an Australian demographer. His name is Bernard Salt, and I saw his presentation, which he presented last year at the Telstra Vantage Conference, and there he talked about hobo, which is home office, broadcast office. And so when you have this function, we talk about the evolution of that, then we have to think of the technology and so from a home renovation, home design point of view there's a technology aspect but there's also the evolution of the spaces so what Bernard Salt says is that he goes back to the 1950s and where the home was generally a two or three bedroom house kids were in bunk beds, two kids to a room and a, a beautiful showroom at the front of the house and no visitors would go beyond that and so certainly not suitors as he calls them and, and we will have a I think we're going to put a link to it in the show notes to, are, yeah. to some of these notes that, that I've kind of gleaned from it 
But here, in, he talks about this 1950s house, which had a big back garden and uh, various traditional things that we would probably, many of us would remember, me being a baby boomer, would remember from my childhood, you know, there's the hill's hoist, that as opposed to the clothes dryer or the, the drying rack on the deck, a major change in style. And also the eating kitchen. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If there was a dining room, it was a formal dining room. Right. And then life went on in the kitchen. Yes. So jump forward to the 2020s, and Bernard Salt talks about how a room, I, we used to go and visit my grandparents, and they had a rumpus room downstairs, which was where the kids played. All my cousins would, would go down there and beat each other up. That rumpus room over time became the family room, which was a bit more multifunctional. And then it became the media room with some of the reclining chairs and the, the DVDs and the VCR player and now, of course, streaming Netflix. Now that media room has morphed into the hobo, the home office, broadcaster office, or sometimes called the Zoom room, because we've all had to be working from home. Now that's another context he introduces, which is very interesting. He talks about how the Australian census showed that between 1996 and 2016, 5% of people work from home. And whereas now, we, we just went through 2020, the lockdown, when 45% of us were working from home. That's a massive shift. But then when we get to see the light beyond the tunnel of post-pandemic, he reckons 10 to 15% would be working from home, which is a massive shift. If you think 5% to 15%, that's triple. Now, we were talking before we started, you think it could be even more. Mm, I'm sure it is. Yeah. yeah. And I really wonder, is he talking about 45% of the workforce? Of the workforce. Uh, yeah, I definitely think that it would be higher than that. One of the things I've noticed with Stephen, he goes to site, because he's got a project, so he goes right. to site for two days a week, but then he works from home the rest of the time. He may not come into those stats as well. Well, but isn't that a perfect example? We've got choices now. Go in to meet your colleagues, get some creative face-to-face -face water cooler conversations mm. and, and mix it up. Mm. That wasn't really an option before. Uh, no, now and it's I really noticed it makes life easier. Just things like getting deliveries. Yeah. I, like, that was the pain in the neck. And I've really noticed that with, because Stephen's been around, that's really reduced the, the load. Well, that isn't that interesting? Because that's probably part of this changing trends. Now, we can work from home, but we also can have a restaurant at home where you can get fancy meals or meal components and watch a master chef teach us on Instagram live on a Friday night. My niece works with the private company out of Melbourne and is absolutely game busters in the middle of the lockdown and they're still going really well. That's introduced. Entertainment at home, Netflix, say no more. How many different subscriptions do we all have to those streaming Absolutely. services yeah. and the gym. I go out for my afternoon jog or walk or hang out around. There's people everywhere, but people, home gyms, you know, people don't need two cars anymore. Then 
the double garage can, gets converted into a gym, or they think even the home barista, the espresso machine on the kitchen counter, is part of this evolving trend. It's interesting because you were saying before, and I thought you're so right, once we moved on from the 50s, rather than the guests being taken into the front room, they would then come right into the house, go past the bedrooms, and so the bedrooms are on show, so the beds need to be styled, and Bernard Salt refers to it as pillification. So That's a very sheer renovation. It is, it Hashtag is. pillification, I love yeah. that. Yeah, and fluffing the pillows. How many men complain about having to dive through a mountain of pillows before they get into bed. I have to say I'm with them, I've dispensed with them, but anyhow. And then goes down to the kitchen. It is on the home page of your website though. But it yeah, is, yeah. it is. Well, you know, we're in tune with the We trend. are on yeah. trend, yes. Yeah. And then they head down to the kitchen and the social life revolves around the island bench, which is the epitome of the entertainer's kitchen. Yeah. And he even goes so far as to talk about the German gooseneck tap and right. the better quality materials like the more luxurious materials in that island yeah. to meet with its increased status. Yeah. yeah. So it's really interesting. It's great to really think about these trends and how they impact it. And as renovators, we can be on trend or, or ahead of the trend so that if we're renovating and styling an apartment, to sell, well, you talk about the first three seconds yes. impression, your recent renovation in Surrey Hills, of you already designed in the small hobo space right in the living room. Exactly. And it's interesting, I was just thinking about that. In the past, if I did a study nook, it would have been maybe 1.5 metres, uh -huh. where I was really careful to make sure it was wide, like it was almost two metres wide, yeah. because when you've got a home office, you can't be on a little tiny desk. You need something that's yeah. a decent size. Yeah. And the other thing that we can often get missed is that you need to think about if someone's at home working, the kids come home from school at four o'clock, and what's the first thing they do? They turn the tally on. You want to have a tally point in the bedroom so that they can go somewhere away from where the dad's yeah, or mum's working. So what do you recommend in terms of when you're styling a property where you've considered those details? I remember you had USB outlets on the kitchen bench and you know those sorts of things were, I thought, innovative and yet really practical. What do you do in terms of your styling to sort of show off these features? In, ideally, you would have the TV on the wall, so it's obvious that it's there. Yeah. To be honest with you, I ran out of time on that one. Uh -huh. Got the point in, but didn't yeah. tell them about it, but yeah. Right. And of course, in the office, you would have a computer or a laptop or a, and a, or a screen, a yeah. monitor, yeah. so that you're demonstrating, have lighting in that yeah. office area, because that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you might even think about the background, we talked about that. So David was doing a review of a floor plan recently. We were, I remember um, that. Yeah. yeah, and off from the kitchen was this meals area that was octagonal. It was a bit bizarre and very 80s-ish. And what he suggested doing was building a partition wall so that you could face your desk against the wall. So on this side was the desk and the octagonal wall was on behind. So that created the backdrop 
for the zooming, which I thought was quite a I think I thought that was very innovative. Yeah. And it was using up a space which was part of a redundant corridor mm. and, and and became a well style, well to the hobo out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm actually well you've seen my plans of where it was your idea. That came around. So brilliant. Uh, uh, just, <laughs> and modest. Just saying. <laughs> well, Bernadette was sitting on my sofa, and there's my kitchen, which has got a separate 1980s kitchen with a separate door. And Bernadette said, No, James, I don't think you're maximising the value of the property by keeping a kitchen there. And I nearly fell off my chair. Uh, I think you should move the kitchen to the living room. And I like, was shocked, but it's actually evolved to be the most brilliant idea. So that was step one. Yeah. And then step two, as it's evolved further, is taking the wall out between the current kitchen and the living room, but not entirely, making it so it's part of an open plan wall with a movable screen. Now, I had a BFO, a blinding flash of the obvious, <laughs> that because it was going to become my hobo, but then I realised that it actually is a third bedroom. And I'm converting in this process a two-bedroom unit into a three-bedroom unit, which in the short term will be my delightful hobo with a great background for Zoom backgrounds. By the way, I really am not keen on those virtual backgrounds that those oh, things no. do. Oh, I mean, no. That, you know, that's one of the things Bernard Sock talks about is authenticity. How many people's rooms have we looked into during the pandemic? celebrities and the top politicians were in their own homes it's authentic it's casual casualization of the home as opposed to those 1950s formal room at the, and then you talked about the uh, island bench in the kitchen i mean now we're being transparent and there's something of healthy mental health about being there now having said that as renovators we want to consider the foreground and the background of the Zoom conversation in a way that our potential buyers or renters or whoever they are don't have to worry about. Just like a bedroom, there's always a logical space to put the bed head, considering the lights and the, the, yeah. the movements and that sort of thing. Same with the home office. Where is the best aspect? And sometimes it's not necessarily putting a desk against it. In this case, it worked well, but you've got a nice space where you'll be able to have two or three different layouts for different kinds of presentations that you're doing. And then you can have a different background. Even the idea of making the background easy. Let's say, for example, your desk was more in the middle. That's a great background. Now, well-branded background for the desk, but you could change it up. Yeah, exactly. You know, depending on what you're talking about. And there's a term from a videographer friend of mine, authority bling. Ooh. So that is the bling that you have behind you, such as certificates or trophies or show your book, anything that gives you some sort of authority. I bet everyone here that's watching this or listening to this has studied the bookshelves of the people on TV or on the people on Skype or Zoom. What's in their background, what's considered. So that brings up our next reference, which is a Twitter feed, wonderful Twitter feed, Room Rater. 
and the handle is Red Marsh Stripe Background. And this person in the US has 380,000 followers. Absolutely wonderful. And I'm not sure if it's a male or a female, but they rate the backgrounds and they're giving points out of 10 for, you know, that takeaway points. So that now brings up the background and this Twitter handle person who is taking it upon themselves to rate people's backgrounds, whether they be on TV or Skype or Zoom, but they're rating you on how good your bookshelves are or your lighting or the art or the overall authority. Wonderful insights, good to learn from. Rate my Skype background. Yeah, I felt he was quite generous with his scoring. I did too, yeah. yeah. A, a, a scale of, of 1 to 10, some people get 0. I think too many people get 8 out of 10. I would agree. And a few of them get 10 out of 10, which probably agree with that too. Anyway, it's humour and insightful, but it's a thing. Backgrounds, and let's not go virtual backgrounds. No, we don't like virtual backgrounds, because no. that's the thing. The thing that we love about the home office is that being real and being able to connect with someone in their natural environment. Yeah. And the one I love is the, the one, the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, that, yes. It's just bizarre. Yeah, or outer space. You know. We've talked about the trends. Well, part of the trends is authenticity and casualization where we're building our lives and we're creating our home environment in a way that's a real lifestyle. You mentioned the island bench and the kitchen, it's part of it. Our hobo now we're distinguishing is a part of the home, an important part. And so let's be real, let's reveal ourselves and let's be authentic. Although it's our best selves. Our best selves. Well, yeah. still wonder, the worst thing is when we need good quality audio, that's critical, but then we need good quality lighting. And most cameras these days in laptops are pretty good, or certainly smartphones, they're also very good. Look at the phenomenon of TikTok, which is a medium I think is phenomenal. The zeitgeist of short form video is with us, and so this is a long form video for this podcast. But nevertheless, video is here, good lighting, good audio, and good environments, and, and TikToks. I'm much of a start at home. Yes, James, I think we should do an episode on TikTok for renovators because do, yes. I've had so many people say to me, you should be on TikTok, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, no way in a month of Sundays. But I don't really understand the value that yeah. of renovators, although you did show me that site where, actually, I'm digressing. We'll get back to the topic. We'll get back to it, yeah. yeah. Anyway, TikTok is a thing, and I think even as renovators, because we need to be presenting ourselves, we're looking at best ways to present and I think the message is you can present amazingly well in 15 seconds or one minute. It's profound. Yeah. You know. Advertisers of course have known that forever Yes. but now it's available yeah. to everyone. It's interesting you're talking about the audio because acoustics are a big part of the audio and that was one of a big reason why I did decide to move because the acoustics in our house are terrible because our ceilings are really high. Um, thinking about things like the materials and the space, so like we've got an acoustic wall here, but if I didn't have that, then I could still create that effect by making sure we've got heavy curtains, having a lot of soft furnishings in the room. Yes, that amazes me. Yeah, yeah. yeah plans can help. 
and carpet, like in the carpet, carpet square, yeah. cushions, and Ikea has these really cute little screens that just keep on the edge of the desk or stand on the floor and go above desk height and they're really good for sound dampening. I think they were originally designed for multi-person offices, like in open plan offices. In a, in a hobo situation, they're ideal. Yeah, it's just rolling off the tongue, James. Hobo. <laughs> it is, yeah. It is, it's yeah. A, it's, we've made it a thing now. Yeah. She renovates, adopts hobo. Exactly. <laughs> and it's salt uh, has been responsible for coining quite a few phrases, and one of them was the avocado smash. Oh really? Was yeah. it? Oh well, there you go. Thank yeah. you, Bernard. And of course, pillowification. Yes, that's we picked up that one today. We did. Yes. Yeah. I think the main thing is that the home office, the Zoom office, is really a thing. It's here. Whether it's part of a room or a whole room, it needs to be considered probably in every renovation. I think you were talking about earlier background, foreground, like both sides of the equation of where the office is situated style with it in mind so that when someone walks into the home they see oh I can sit down I'm immediately at work you know or I'm hanging out my favorite reading or my news outlet of, of the moment or, or YouTube for that matter I'm comfortable probably the home office chair would be part of the styling too. Absolutely, yeah. 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 You're actually sitting in our home office chair. This it's is very the, comfortable. This is the one that we bought to style Chalmers Street. So there you go. There you go. Yeah, so just a final point, and this again is from Bernard Salk, and he talked about basically the decentralisation of the workforce as a result of this working from home phenomenon. What I'm saying is that pre pandemic, pre-coronavirus, we pretty much had what he calls a Friday city, whether it be Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Perth, Adelaide, wherever, where the CBD was the main action for the city and people would commute into the city to work. And he says that millennials will seek out their fun in the, the yoke of the Friday, whereas now he sees the trends evolving to become the post-corona city, which is like a number of small sub-cities that are connected, and he calls them 20-minute cities. So you can get anywhere you want within 20 minutes with smaller hubs, smaller, even neighbourhoods, where they're more uh, gathered around. And I even see some of the big developers like Murbach, they're kind of building this into their own multi-story buildings where they're building community rooms and yoga rooms and, and workspace rooms into their building so that they're keeping people on board and like bars and you know lounges and that sort of thing so expand out to the neighborhood expand out to the environment and you've got everything there you don't have to travel there's no one can be from Parramatta or Western Sydney just to go to work in the CBD so that's a trend and I think as property developers, we can be thinking of how can we be looking for properties that can fit well in with this trend? How can we contribute to the neighbourhood? Yeah, and I, I think the other side to that is the opportunity it provides for renovators in particular, because if you've not got a budget for a inner city location or suburb, then that just opens up the options for you because suddenly you can go to a regional 
city yeah. and had the same opportunity for making a profit from a project. People are absolutely leaving the city. We have a negative growth in Sydney, I know, because people are going in real estate prices, we see them rising outside the city. If we as renovators are thinking of people telecommuting, which they're choosing to do now, then we're providing that for them so that when the minute they walk in to this potential new space, it's already set up. Absolutely. Yeah. And something that we've missed, and I think it's probably worth saying, is the quality of the internet. And it's interesting because when we were on the market with Chalmers Street, mm -hmm. the questions were coming through is, does this have NBN? Right. And that's the first time. And I, that would be a deal breaker. Yeah. If you didn't have decent internet, right. you just can't work from home. Yeah, very important distinction. Okay, so as I said, it did finish rather abruptly and I apologise for that. If you haven't already left us a review, please do so because they just make so much difference to us. It keeps me going. And I have had a couple of really lovely reviews recently and I'm going to read them out next week. But if you could head over to iTunes and leave us a review and then if you feel like spending some time with some crazy obsessed renovators, come over to the She Renovates free Facebook group and join up and let us put a face to a name. Bye for now. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.